Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. You know, we've done this uh, this the third time. Obviously, we've had this uh, this moment with you as our church family, and it's been so special each time, uh, 8 o'clock and then 9.30 in the refuge service, and then again this morning with you now. And it's just been so special in a lot of ways, and I know that it's also been emotional for a lot of people, a lot of tears in here even now, and that's okay, and we understand that. And um, But it's been so special because as I've looked uh, each time in each one of these services and seen these pictures, um, and uh, it, it's just a very small but very meaningful reminder that we're getting a little picture of heaven up here. Just a little glimpse of heaven. As we see these folks that are already there, the folks that uh, we're going to be reunited with, and it's just been such an a, um, encouraging thing. Even in the midst of grief, we acknowledge that. Even in the midst of pain, that's still there, and we acknowledge that and know that that's for real. Uh, you know, told you last week and say again this morning, it's not a... Uh, an attempt just to pluck on your heartstrings and you know make it such an emotional time, but just acknowledging the reality of that we're all in this thing together, and that we all go through loss together, and we walk through it together. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But just to see that one day, one day, there's going to be this wonderful time where we're back together, and uh, this you know for us as Christians, if you know Jesus then it just gets better from here. If you don't know Jesus, I hate to tell you, it ain't going to get better. It's it. you got a, a, a very difficult time ahead of you if you don't know Christ. But if you know Jesus, it just gets better. And we look forward to that wonderful, wonderful day uh, when we'll be back together. Yeah, um, we've just got so much to be thankful for, y'all. Um, and I, I think probably that's probably... I thought about this yesterday, that that's probably how a whole bunch of preachers started their sermon today on this Sunday before Thanksgiving. we got so much to be thankful for, but it certainly is the right thing to say today. Uh, the right thing to say any Sunday, any day of the week for that matter, but specifically on this day before Thanksgiving, we, we really have so much to be thankful for. We have family to be thankful for. Of those that have gone on before us and those that are still with us, we have our families. I guarantee if I grabbed a microphone and went around this room and said, what are you thankful for? A bunch of you, the first word that would come out of your mouth is I'm thankful for my family. And and we are. We're thankful. I'm, th- I'm thankful for Vicky. I'm thankful for our kids and our grandkids and my mama who's still with us and Vicky's parents have are, their pictures up here and my daddy's right there. And so, but we still got mama. I'm thankful we still got mama, my brothers and their nephew, their kids, my nieces and nephews and cousins and stuff like that. You know, we all got that brother, that sister, or that cousin that we hope nobody knows is kin to us. But, but beyond that, you know, we're still, we're still we're thankful for our family. And it's wonderful. And, man, I'm, I'm thankful that one day I get to see, I get to see Daddy again, you know? One day we're going to see Brother Mac and Miss Georgia again, uh, Vicky's folks. And I'm just so thankful for family. We're just so thankful for family. So thankful for friends. You think about that. That might be somebody, somebody else. If I what you thankful for, somebody may, may say, well, I'm thankful for my friends. And man, certainly. And, uh, and again, when you look at this up here and you think about, think about what a lot of this represents and 
what it represents for all of us is it represents loss. It represents some difficult times that we went through, whatever the circumstances were that of these loved ones that you brought pictures up, or if you didn't, but somebody that you know that, but aren't you thankful that you had some friends that walked with you during that time? I think about, you know, this is Daddy, and I think about uh, him, and then here are Vicky's folks, and uh, Daddy passed away in December of 2016, December the 20th of 2016, after uh, battling Alzheimer's for nine years. And if in the last couple of years, for sure, if you've had anybody in your family that's dealt with Alzheimer's, you know what a journey that is. And I just can't imagine if we had had to go through that journey. Oh, I mean, it was Vicky and I were together, and we had each other. But to have friends with us that just were with us, because after Daddy passed away in December of 2016, Vicky's mama passed away seven weeks later, and then less than a year later, her father passed away. And then at that same time that her father passed away, I had two aunts that passed away and a co- and a cousin that passed away. I did three family funerals uh, in the span of about ten days uh, uh, in in early 2018. Three family funerals within the span of. 10 days, and the last one of those funerals was her father. And so I'm telling you, I'm not trying to have a pity party here. I'm just telling you, I had, I'm thankful I had some friends walking with me during that time. It was, Vicky and I just kept going, what, you know, God, <laughs> we know you got this, and we know, but it, it just kept coming. It just kept coming. The waves kept washing over us. But you got friends that are with you, friends that can help you and pull you up and, and, and walk with you during those times. But then also friends that celebrate the good stuff, man. And aren't we thankful for that? That we got friends. Maybe you got lifelong friends. I guarantee some of y'all got a best friend that you've had since you were in third grade. And y'all are still, y'all still talk on the phone. Y'all still drink coffee together. And, or maybe he or she's gone on and you really miss them, but you had for your whole life. And you just think, man, you spent so much time. You hunted together. You went on double dates together and all this. You know, and you did all that stuff, and you watched your kids get married, and all this, and everything, and just so thankful for friends like that. Thankful for the church, man. Thankful for this body of believers. This, not just this church building. I'm thankful for our buildings, but I'm thankful for the church. This body of believers, First Baptist Church of Florida, what God's doing in our midst, and the special things that are going on. We're not a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect church, because if there was a perfect church anywhere, as soon as you joined it, it'd become an imperfect church. But, uh, you know, it's, we, we, uh, we're, but certainly, man, God's doing some wonderful things in our midst, and, Vic and I hadn't been here long, but we already sense and know the love that you have for us and sense how special this community is uh, in this body of believers. But man, then the church, the body of Christ, capital C, the church, the body of Christ around the world, it's incredible, beautiful, awesome. That God is at work in so many places of the world. And that the body of Christ is made up of so many different people and so many different people groups and so many different uh, nations. And it's just incredible. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing the body of Christ is. But man, to have those in, in your local body of believers, when you're connected to a body of believers like this, to have people, brothers and sisters in Christ, that will come alongside you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord like we're supposed to, help you, Encourage, help bear one another's burdens. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we do in the church. But we also correct each other. There are times when a brother or sister in Christ needs to come alongside you and say, bro, you're going in the wrong direction, man. Why are you doing this? Why are you thinking this way? Why are you acting this way? Not in a judgmental way, but in a, in a correction, loving correction. We're supposed to do that. I'm thankful 
for the church. Man, I'm thankful for the Bible. Amen? I'm thankful for the Word of God. This is our God book for life. It's our owner's manual for our life. It's, it's, it's God's love letter to us. All those things that we know are true of the perfect, inerrant, infallible Word of God. So thankful. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit who is in us, who teaches us the truth about the Word of God. The Holy Spirit, that even this moment, as the tears began to flow down some of your face, the Holy Spirit who is in you began to comfort you because He's your comforter. The one who will teach, and when I stand behind this pulpit, I'm confident that he will teach through me as he has taught me the word that he will teach through me because he said, I will teach. Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to come. He'll come and he'll teach you everything you need to know. And I'm thankful for Jesus. Amen? I'm thankful. The cross is empty. He ain't still hanging on the cross. The tomb is empty. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's coming back one day and he's going to wipe away every tear and there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more cancer, no more Alzheimer's, no matter, no more heart disease, whatever happened up here to your loved ones, it's, it won't have to deal with it. No more sin, no more struggle, no more temptation, no more darkness. Jesus, thankful, man, thankful for so many, so many, th thankful for heaven, eternal life. So many other things. We ought to be thankful. <laughs> we ought to be thankful. And I will tell you this, sometimes, sometimes we have to be reminded to be thankful. Our, our lives can get so our lives not can get, our lives are so busy in here. I mean, we're busy people. Even folks that are retired, you, some of you are busy, you've never been, you're not working anymore, but you're busy, 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 and we're all busy, and we got, some of you got kids still in grade school and high school, and you're running, they got practice, and they got this and that, and games, and, and homework, and you got this, and you got your own work going, your business, your work, and all this, and, and, and the family stuff, and we're just busy, busy, busy. We get so busy. And then we get, our minds get so jumbled up, our minds get so full of lots of things, and sometimes those things are not good things. And and we we can we we and then, and then our hearts get so broken. Sometimes these kinds of experiences that these pictures represent represent brokenness, and our hearts can get so broken, and the grief can get so great and go so deep, and the situations are so complicated and so difficult that sometimes we just get so angry. We get so angry. We get so angry at God. We get so angry at the circumstances and we, we can't be thankful and somebody needs to come alongside you. Your pastor needs to come alongside you. Go, be thankful. Be thankful. You got to be thankful. No, I don't want to be thankful. You need to be thankful. And even sometimes we intentionally choose to be unthankful. <laughs> sometimes we get so so messed up, and the enemy works his way in. He takes these kinds of circumstances when we're vulnerable, when there is pain, and there's an open wound in our life, and the enemy knows that, and so he takes that opportunity when our hearts are broken to connive his way in and to figure out ways to get in. He's so cunning and so conniving and so crafty and so evil and so horrible, and he takes those times of brokenness, he twists them and turns them and then we just chew. I don't even want to be thankful. You up there at that pulpit telling me to be thankful? No, I'm not going to be thankful because I want folks to hurt as bad as I'm hurting. I'm hurting so bad I want you to hurt. So I'm not going to be thankful. I don't care what you say. I'm not going to be thankful. 
Isn't it crazy how the enemy does that stuff? But he does. And so on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, I want to ask you and invite you to choose to be thankful. To choose to live with Thanksgiving. Choose Thanksgiving. I'm not talking about turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce. I'm talking about choose to have Thanksgiving in your heart. And this, listen, this isn't some kind of pop psychology. Some kind of Norman Vincent Peale power of positive thinking stuff. This is the reality of the truth of the Word of God. That you can and should be thankful. We can and should be thankful. This is, and it's not even this thing where we're choosing to ignore this stuff and choosing to pretend like this had everything's fine. You know, let's just think happy thoughts here and just sweep it up under the rug and pretend like that we're not hurting. Pretend like it, that we don't live in a fallen world where, guess what, y'all? This is going to happen again. I'm not trying to be a doomsday prophet and try to, well, thanks a lot, John, but it's just the reality of living in this fallen world. This will continue to happen. If we do this again next year, there will be more pictures up here. There'll be different pictures up here. Some of the same pictures, but there will be more pictures up here if we do this again next year. So we have to choose to be thankful. Even in the midst of the reality that we live in a fallen world. It's full of grief and pain and difficulty. But it's also full of joy and excitement and all the things that God blesses us with. So we choose to be thankful and, and we, we're going to let the Word of God transform our minds to help us to be thankful. And if you want to live that way, if, you want, if we want to live with thanksgiving, there's some things that are important. I don't have a slide for this. It's just some things, I want, some quick thoughts I want to give to you before I jump into the three points of the message today. But if you want to choose to live with thanksgiving, the first thing you need, you need to saturate your minds with Scripture. Saturate your minds with Scripture. This is so important. It's so important. That's why we're constantly saying, man, get into the Word. Spend time in the Word. Read the Word. Study the Word. Listen to the Word. Meditate on the Word. Memorize the Word. Apply the Word to your life. Saturate your minds with the Word. That's the only way that your mind will be transformed. That's your only defense against the enemy who would tell you he's a nut for telling you to be thankful with all that's going on in your life right now. This morning, I woke up early this morning and got up, went and got in my recliner and just spent some time praying for you and praying for me and praying for our time together and Praying for our church, and you know we're in the we're in the thirty days of prayer, and today we're wrapping up and praying for our youth ministry over the last uh, last few days in this uh, thirty days of prayer. I hope you've been praying for our youth ministry for Michael as he leads our youth ministry, and today we're praying for the youth that they would really truly know God. And so I was up praying for them, and I grabbed my Bible and I went to the Psalms. I love the Psalms, and opened up and went to Psalm seventeen. Psalm 17, verse 6, that says, I'm praying to you because I know that you answer me. <laughs> That's what the psalmist said. I'm praying to you because I know that you answer me. And then he said, bend down and listen as I pray. As he's talking to God. God, would you bend down and listen as I pray? And think about that, man. I just think as I was sitting there in my recliner in my living room this morning, just thought about the God of all heaven bending down to listen to me as I prayed. Man, you saturate your mind with that kind of scripture and you'll live a thankful life. 
Saturate your mind with Scripture. Surround yourself. Second thing, surround yourself with people who can strengthen you and encourage you. That's why this, you want to know, <laughs> you want to know why preachers get upset when they're empty pews? Why preachers get upset when you're not in church? It's not just we're trying to make you feel bad when we say, hey man, I miss you in church. It's not because of, so I can you know, go call all my preacher buddies and talk about how big the church is. We got all these people. That's not it. Do you know why? Because we understand and the Word of God says that you and I need each other. And when we intentionally choose not to be a part of a corporate worship time where we get to be together, surrounded by the people of God, to pray together, worship together, encourage one another, then you are missing out. And as your pastor, I know that. And it breaks my heart for you. I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm just telling you it's the reality that if you want to live at Thanksgiving and you want to stand strong against the enemy's attacks, saturate your mind with the Word of God and surround yourself with people that encourage you. And that's the church. That's the body of Christ. That's your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And then strengthen your prayer life. Why are we doing 30 days of prayer? Because we better be praying. Crowd to God. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33.3. So saturate your mind and surround yourself with people. Strengthen your prayer life. And then finally, sit still. <laughs> I'm giving you permission to sit, not even to slow down. I'm saying stop. Stop. Sit still. Take some time to sit to let God work His love and His peace and His strength and His wisdom into your life. I'm telling you, you start doing those kinds of things, you're going to be much more likely to live with thanksgiving. Grab your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Familiar verses. You can grab a pew Bible if you don't have your own copy of God's Word and turn to Philippians chapter 4, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, then Philippians. Go to Philippians Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Familiar verse. Are these anybody's favorite verses? Anybody in here? These are, I say every, every service. Wendy, I knew you. And every service, I've had people say these are their favorite verses. Man, they're awesome verses. Stand, please, and let's read them together. Some of you can do them from memory. Where the Word of God says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that surpasses, transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to, to help us, to teach us, and to help us to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So the book of Philippians, in my Bible, I usually write the date that I preach a passage of Scripture. So somebody, if you do the same thing, because I know some people do that, so they, so they can come up to the preacher after the service is over and say, hey, you know you preached this message March the 15th of last year, right? I do know that. So you don't have to tell me that after the service is over, okay? I preached, uh, I pre not this message, but I preached this uh, passage of Scripture because I preached through Philippians last year. But man, I, guess what? Go ahead and mark it down. I'll preach this passage again one day too, all right? But uh, it's just a, such a great passage. And the book of Philippians is just an awesome book. They all are, but I love the book of Philippians. It's a real uh, tender, 
uh, interaction between Paul and the people at Philippi. He had a special relationship with them. He loved these people. They loved him. They supported him. Financially, they supported him. Part of this is this is a, a thank you letter to them that he was writing to them, say, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for the, the financial gift to help me in my mission work. Mom always taught me, you need to write thank you notes. I try to write thank you notes. And 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 uh, uh, so that's what Paul did. Uh, he wrote a thank you note to these folks to say, man, I, I appreciate so much the way they all love and and, and care for me. It's a, it's a really strong doctrinal book. I hadn't found, uh, I was reading this week in my studies that uh, there's no real controversy uh, from any scholars about the book of Philippians. I mean, it's just a solid book. And it talks about, it focuses on how to, how to have strength in your suffering, how to make it through when you're suffering and, and dealing with the reality of life and it talks about joy a lot. That's it's a, really that's kind of a it's a book of joy. Uh, the word joy or the word rejoice is used uh, uh, seven or eight nine times in the book. Uh, that, that verse Philippians four four. You remember that verse? It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I will say it again. What? Rejoice. I mean, Paul said in one verse he said, "Rejoice always." Let me say it again. Rejoice. Just in case you didn't hear me, rejoice. And and just and reminding us, man, we got reason to have joy in our hearts and, and he talked about uh, in this book a lot too about um being thankful and not just in this book but in a lot of his letters paul talks about thankfulness um philippians 1 3 is that great verse that says i thank my god every time i remember you don't you don't you love that verse I, he said he right off the bat philippians 1 3 so right at the beginning hey dear philippians this is Paul. I thank my God every time I remember you. <laughs> That's the first thing he said to him. Do you have somebody in your life like that? That every time you think about it right now, you're thinking about it. And you just go, man, thank you, God. Thank you for him that you brought him into my life. Thank you that you brought her into my life. Thank you. It could be a spouse. It could be a friend, uh, a pastor, a, 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 you know, whatever. It could be, but God, thank you. Every time I think about him, I thank you, God. And the, some other places in Scripture, if you want to jot these down, Colossians 1.3, uh, Colossians 1, 3, Paul said, we always thank God when we pray for you, talking to the Colossian believers. We always thank God when we pray for you. 2 Corinthians 9.15, great verse. It says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. His indescribable gift of salvation. His indescribable gift of the gospel. His indescribable gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. First Thessalonians 5.18, great verse. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. I am not thankful for Alzheimer's. Never will be. But the Word of God says, be thankful in that circumstance. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will for your life? People say, hey man, what's God's will for my life? Be thankful in all circumstances. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.18, and then one more, Colossians 3.15, that says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Be thankful. So Paul is constantly in his letters reminding people, be thankful. And you know, do you know why he's constantly reminding people of that? It's because, listen, because he's constantly talking about the gospel. He's constantly reminding people of the gospel. He's constantly pointing toward Jesus. 
First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, he said, this is, this is, you need to understand this. Christ Jesus died according to Scripture. He was buried and He rose again on the third day according to the Scripture. He was just constantly pointing toward the gospel, pointing toward Jesus. And when you do that, that's when you can say, so be thankful because keep thinking about the gospel. Because the application for this message is simply that, that because of the gospel, we can always live with thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You can always, because of the gospel, not because of anything else, but because of the gospel, we can always live with thanksgiving. So, you know, there's an easy way to remember Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Maybe it's kind of, you, if you want to sum this one verse up, you can sum it up this way. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. That's it. That pretty much says it. So let me pray and we'll be dismissed. No, that's not, that's not going to happen. I'm going to finish this sermon up. But really, that you could. You really could. That, just say, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. That's what this verse kind of encapsulates. This, that, that's the message that this verse is all about. But let me pull it apart for you some and, and really think about what this verse means. So Paul said, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. That word anxious means to be worried, to have, have anxiety, to be concerned about something. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. That word means everything. It means all things. It means each and everything. But in everything, by prayer, that word means prayer. <laughs> by prayer, it actually means, it also can mean the place of prayer. It's kind of like Paul is saying, hey, look, when, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, when, you, when you're anxious, when you've got stuff going on, go to your place of prayer. Go spend some time with the Lord. Go to your quiet time place. Go to the church when the church is having prayer meeting. Go in prayer, with prayer and supplication. That word supplication means making a plea to God, making a request to God, uh, asking God for everything that you need, pleading with God. How many times have you been pleading with God? There may be a picture up here that you said, I was pleading with God. God, please don't take him. God, please heal her. God, please don't put us through this. God, please help us. We're pleading with God. That's what, that's, what, that's what the Word of God says we're supposed to be doing. And everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, giving words of gratefulness to God, even in the midst of our struggles and difficulty, making our requests, our demands made, making our demands of God, our requests to God. And it says the peace of God, the harmony, the tranquility, the freedom from worry. Wouldn't you like to live that way? Free from worry? The Word of God says that the peace of God, the freedom from worry that transcends, goes beyond, is better than anything else. The peace of God is better than anything else. It transcends your understanding, your way of thinking. Will guard your heart. Not talking about this thing that's beating in your chest right now. But will guard your will and your desires and your decisions. Your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That means to be closely associated with Jesus. To be joined to, in union with Jesus. That's what this verse means. And so in, right in the middle of this verse, I think it's so interesting, that right in the middle of this verse, Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. Keep praying with thanksgiving. 
I think the reason he put it there is it reminds us that no, listen, y'all, this is true for us today, right now. That no matter what is causing your worry or your anxiety right now, some of you are worried about some stuff. Some of you are anxious about some stuff. Paul says no matter what that is in your life right now, you can still live with thanksgiving. He's saying no matter how deep your pain is, no matter how hard it is right now, he says the gospel, the gospel, the gospel gives us reasons to live with thanksgiving. So when we live with thanksgiving, we have these three things. Number one, we have God's power for life. To live with thanksgiving, we have God's power for life. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing. Listen, y'all, only, listen, only someone who truly knows Jesus knows that you really don't have anything to worry about. Is that the truth? It's hard for us to say that. It's hard for us to believe that, isn't it? Because we look around us and we see everything going on in our world. We see how crazy our nation is right now. We see all the stuff that's happening. Our families are in turmoil. We're struggling with this. We got a bad doctor's report. We got all this kind of stuff coming at us left and right, just flying at us. And, and, and yet, we really don't have anything to worry about because of the gospel, because of Jesus. If you know Jesus, the flip is the flip side is true too. If you don't know Jesus, you got a whole lot to worry about. But if you know, if you know Jesus, then we have God's power. Here's the reason why you don't have anything because the moment that you gave your life to Christ, the moment you gave your life to Jesus as an 8-year-old boy at the Walter Sillers Coliseum at Delta State University on the basketball court that night after evangelist Bill Glass finished preaching, little Johnny Daniels, eight-year-old boy, came out of the bleachers, went down onto the floor, met with a the counselor. They took me into the locker room, and somebody prayed with me. I gave my life to Jesus that night. And that very instant, the Holy Spirit came in and took up residence in my life. And because of that, I now have the power I need to live a life free from worry, a life that is filled with thanksgiving. So, John, you say you don't ever worry about anything? <laughs> no. I'm right up there with y'all. I'm right in the middle of that with you. Vicki is here, and she can testify to it. We can tell you, if we were, if, if I wasn't saturating my mind with Scripture, if I wasn't doing the stuff that the Word of God says we're supposed to do, and surrounding myself with people that are going to strengthen and encourage me and strengthening and staying in prayer and doing everything that I know to walk with the Lord. Man, if I wasn't doing that, I'd curl up, up here on, this, uh, on the stage in a corner in a fetal position just lay there and cry and suck my thumb. I mean, I, I'm with you. I understand the worry of life, some of the stuff that we've got going on in our life and our family and struggles. And with, we're, we're like all of y'all. But I'm telling you, if the, the truth of the matter is, we can still live with thanksgiving. And we've got God's power to sustain us, God's power to comfort us, God's power to strengthen us, God's power to care for us. When you live with thanksgiving, you got God's power for life. Secondly, when you live with thanksgiving, you got God's perspective on life. Don't be anxious about anything. But he says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God's perspective. 
Look, we can bring anything by in everything. Don't be anxious about it, but in everything with prayer and supplication, bring everything. Every struggle that you got, every decision you got to make, bring it all to the Lord. Bring it all to the Lord and let Him give you His perspective on it. His perspective. Do you know why you need to saturate your mind in God's Word? So that you can get His perspective on things. So that when those difficulties, not if, but when those difficult, difficult times come, you, will have, you can have God's perspective. I'm so thankful for God's perspective. I'm so thankful for my favorite Bible verse, Romans 8, 28. I'm thankful. You need to know that verse. I'm telling you, you need to memorize that verse. Romans 8, 28, if you don't know it already, you need it because it fits and applies to every situation you will ever encounter in your life. Where it says, and we know, we know that God causes all things, all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Man, I'm so thankful for that verse. I'm so thankful for that verse. I'm so thankful for Vicky's favorite verses. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. I'm so thankful that the Word of God tells us, God says, listen, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future, to give you hope. And then you will come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will come and seek me with all of your heart. And when you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Man, I'm so thankful for the perspective that God gives that he says, I've got plans for you, John. I've got plans for you. If you're a child of God, he says, I've got plans for you. So our job is to seek him with all of our heart to find those plans. I'm so thankful for God's perspective. I'm so thankful for Isaiah 30, 21. Great verse of Scripture. Where God says, listen, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. There are members of the Pastor Search Committee that are in this room right now. And after months and months of deliberation and talks and, and everything and with, the, with them in the process of becoming your pastor, there came a moment in December of the year before I got here, December where I was in my quiet time, and God finally said, this is the way. Walk in it. You're to be the pastor of First Baptist Flora. This is my way for you. Walk in it. I'm so thankful for God's perspective. So thankful for Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That God gives us that perspective that if we will trust in Him with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him, He will make our path straight. Man, aren't you thankful for God's perspective? And when you live with thanksgiving, you get His perspective. His perspective on things. So you get His power for life, and you get His perspective on life, and then finally you get His, you know where I'm going, His peace in life. You get His peace in life. And the peace of God, not man's peace. No, Jesus said that, you remember? And Jesus said, I give you peace, not like the world gives you. I give you my peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble, he says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You, you need peace, I'll give you peace. Not the world's peace, I give you my peace and the peace of God. So Paul, years later, wrote, based on what Jesus said, Paul said, in the peace of God that transcends 
Your understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You want peace, man? Everybody is looking for peace. Everywhere you turn, you look for the people that are looking, searching, seeking peace. In this room, I guarantee you there's somebody that needs some peace right now. You're not sleeping at night because you have no peace in your life. You're so knotted up, so wrapped up with the worries and the cares and the difficulties of life. And I'm not, I'm not uh, 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 judging you for that. I'm just telling you it's the reality of our world sometimes. And we're looking for peace and people need peace and they're looking everywhere they can to try to find it. If I can make some more money, then I'm going to have more peace. If I can be more successful, I'm going to have, if, if my family would just be a great I could have peace if I could do good in school then I could if I could be more successful you want peace it's found in Christ Jesus the peace of God not the world's peace world's peace ain't never gonna last we found that out ain't no peace in our world right now You want the peace of God? That you can't comprehend, can't comprehend it. It transcends all understanding. You can't get your brain around it. <laughs> and the world certainly can't. The world, the world says we're nuts for even believing that we can have this kind of peace in this world we're living in. And that you people can talk about it, you know, losing loved ones, all this. And you can still say you're supposed to be thankful. Y'all are crazy. We are. We really are. We're crazy for the Lord. Amen. The peace of God that transcends our understanding. Can't comprehend it. But it, it, it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, that's the key. In Christ Jesus. So my friends, if you need peace, and we all do, you want to live with thanksgiving, and we all should, the way that this found it is found in Christ Jesus. In close communion and union and closely connected to Christ Jesus. So that means if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you have no peace. I got a t-shirt. I was wearing it just this past week. This is no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. First time it says K-N-O-W, no Jesus, you will K-N-O-W, you will know peace. But then it says, N-O, no Jesus, no peace. You want peace? You got to have Jesus. So if you need Jesus, you'd be saved today. Come to Christ and be saved. Give your life to Jesus. Then you can live with thanksgiving because he saves you today. And then you can have the peace that he gives to you because he gives it to us. But then for the rest of us that do know Jesus, listen to me, my friends, it's not enough just to say, yeah, I know Jesus. You've got to be walking with Him in Christ Jesus, closely connected to Him. Staying close to Him. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You've got to abide in Him. You've got to stay connected to the vine. So if you're not walking with Jesus, you don't have peace either. The enemy knows that. He's going to sneak up on you and do everything he can to steal your peace. And So you've got to be close to Him. So it's all about Jesus, to live with thanksgiving, to have that power, to have God's perspective, to have his peace. We've got to be in Christ Jesus. So I hope that you know Jesus, and if you don't, come to Jesus' day. I hope that you're walking closely with Jesus. If you're not, come back to him today and let him 
bless you and give you his peace. Let's go to him in prayer right now. Father, would you help us now during these moments of invitation, Lord, to respond to you in obedience and humility and know that, God, you're our only hope. Lord Jesus, you're our only hope. There's no peace apart from you, Lord Jesus. There's, there's no hope apart from you. There's no strength. There's, there's no thanksgiving. There's no thankfulness. There's no gratitude apart from you. So help us today to come to you for the first time for somebody, God, or maybe just to come home to you because we've wandered away from you. Help us today in Jesus' name. Amen.